0: Football on Off The Ball.
1: With Sky. Get more of the sports you love on Sports Extra with BT Sport and Premier Sports. Yeah, welcome back to the show. It's Richie here with you for the duration tonight. I'm delighted to say we've been graced in the studio by the presence of the Republic of Ireland Under 21 manager, Jim Crawford. Jim, you're very welcome to our salubrious surroundings here this afternoon. Thanks for having me. Uh, and thank you for taking time out from your, your preparations because I know... I guess from the outside looking in people might think oh sure, there's no international window so what would uh, an under 21 manager be doing but there's actually plenty involved between now and, and June and those final three qualifiers to hopefully get us to the Euros Yeah
0: there's loads to be doing you know it's certainly uh, very important that you get everything right from the itinerary to how players are performing at their clubs and it's something that you know myself and Stephen do quite often is get over to the UK and watch watch games or watch them on Wise Scout and because I have a lot of players who play um, in the League of Ireland as well. You know, right. you're you're going to games domestically and and seeing how they perform. But as well as that, there is sort of times where you need to reflect on a previous camp. You know what went well, what can get better, and you know we've got resources with the twenty ones that we record all our training sessions. And you know, easy the coaches get mic'd up as well, whether it's a team meeting or it's on the grass and. and you know, it's it's gives us an opportunity to go over all those training sessions, those team meetings, and make sure that we were spot on with the information and and our delivery of the key points of each of those meetings and training sessions. So it's there's a lot of stuff to go through. The progress that has
1: been made, because like I guess from somebody who's you know my age, I think. Um, the first touchstone you'd have with the, the Ireland under 21s would have been the days of Morris Setters and it was then it was seen as a backwater and it was seen as something to actually should just keep it going like don't necessarily put the resources into it but to hear that you're you're miked up and that every, like literally every little thing is recorded and and reviewed and studied and to see how things can improve like that that would be an eye opener to a lot of people I guess Yeah look it can be an eye opener to
0: us too <laughs> when, when when you look back at the um, your, your training sessions you know but it's always constantly trying to get yourself better as a coach you know so uh, the way I see it is you know you're always your own players cases saying this is how you got to get better this is what you got to do you've got to review your own game and and what have you you know and and if you're saying that to the players I do think you need to do it yourself as well as a coach so it's it's a constant cycle with with the coaches and anybody that works with me it's it's the
1: way I want to work because I guess the thought would be that you know the main Concentration would be to look back in the previous game, but you the, you have to look back on everything that surrounds it and went into it. Yeah, the game comes into it too, and and I think sometimes,
0: you know, you can go like we did in the last camp. You go win a game, mm-hmm. and you sort of say to yourself, everything was great, we done everything well. But it is when you go over certain team meetings again that you say, okay, look, we could have we could have stayed on this topic a little bit more, or did we ask the right questions, and um, were the players? Um, understanding of the roles and responsibilities from a particular training session so it's there's a lot to get through but look
1: I enjoy it I yeah. enjoy it that's the main thing. It's it's brilliant. The job you've done so far is obviously fantastic Ireland are you know well within the grasp of qualifying for the Euros um but they've got the fate in their own hands essentially with these three qualifiers coming up in June against Bosnia against Montenegro and then away to Italy. Have you had a chance to look back in real depth and how many times you've looked back in that game in Borussia against against Sweden and the 2-0 win and, and what have you made of it? Yeah, I look back at it
0: um, a couple of times and, and look, it was a fantastic defensive performance. You know, everybody who started the game and the players who came on, you know, were, were fantastic. Uh, and, you know, you only have to look at their their, their data with regards to distance covered and, and high-speed runs and, and it was off the charts from every single one of them. And, and you know, I was proud of the players the final whistle is proud of the staff with the amount of work that they put in but you know when you look at it and you say okay what can we do better certainly when we win the ball back from our defensive structure can we be a little bit better with the football going forward because I just thought at times we kept giving it back to Sweden which Mm. ended up us being sort of camped in our own half particularly in the second half you know but uh, and that could come from scoring an early goal where we knew how Critical it was to win the game, and with Ross Tierney, you know, with a with a fantastic goal uh, early in the game, it probably was on our mindset then to come here. Can we just hold on to this? Um, so certainly it wouldn't be a template for us going forward playing that way. Because you know? yeah. again, I've said it from the very start that you know what we want to do here with the twenty ones is is play a nice brand of football that that. Supporters can walk away after the end of a match and, and say that was you know that was uh, encouraging and, and there is certainly a conveyor belt
1: of talented players um, coming behind the, the senior team Like You mentioned yourself it was, a, it was a defensive performance over there in Sweden was that a means to an end essentially for that particular fixture?
0: Yeah sometimes it, it's look Sweden are a very good team they sure. really are and um, you know we spoke about them in depth while, while we were in camp and we knew about their strengths, their weaknesses, and it was possibly them missing that cutting edge with Alanga, who was called up into the senior team. That I'm, I'm sure they'll be saying that they were they were missing his presence. But besides that, they were talented. They're um, they're a top team in Europe, and to go there and, and win two nil, keep a clean sheet, and let's be honest. Okay, there was a, a you know there was a, a penalty um, that. Should've probably should have stood yeah. you know there's no doubt about it and um, I spoke to Joel begging afterwards and, and he agreed so we got away with that but in saying that they all balance out because when we were over in Montenegro we had a couple of penalty claims that weren't given and then finally we got a penalty and, yeah. and unfortunately we missed that but all these things balance out over the course of a campaign but you know they were quality opposition and you know to go there keep a clean sheet and get three points was a you know fantastic
1: for the For the group, Um, the difficult thing that jumps out of me heading into those three games now in June is keeping the players fit and keeping players interested because there is like I was looking at the, the the say the championship fixture list and a lot of our players would have been based over in England is that the football league over there finishes up what is it the first week or just after in May and then you've got that month long gap that is a, that's a tricky moment for a manager to try and manage yeah. to like because you don't necessarily have those players for the month you might get them in the week or two beforehand so it's managing to keep everybody fit and making sure that everybody's on their toes and, and preparing right for those games
0: Yeah and you're, you're dead right with that it is a concern and um, we sort of knew this Window was coming up, you know, um, last year. So what we done is we tried to replicate it last June with three games in the in the window, and we gave the players a, a program, and um, that they needed to, um, to do, pre-camp. So they came in, and, and you know I have to admit we played against Denmark, we played against Switzerland, uh, Australia under 20 team, which was you know quality opposition, who. Denmark certainly were in the, the middle of their uh, season at that time and, and that showed in the performance it was our third game and, and look we were dead on our feet so it gave us an opportunity to look back on that and say okay when next June comes we need to you know be a little bit um, more with individual programmes that will be going out to the players and, and we'll have GPS going out to the players individually to make sure programmes are done before they come into camp because we're going to come into camp um, a week before um, the game which would right. be the 28th Saturday the 28th and you know from a, a selfish point of view you'd like to see certain players who are in the mix for playoff spots you know whether it's um, Tranmere, Swindon in League 2 and K-Dons are, are there to there to builds so that they might get in the playoffs which yeah. will extend their season a little bit more all the domestic players they're fine they're um, you know currently in season so it is a concern, you know, coupled with the fact that you look at, um, you know, the Bosnian players and Montenegro players who are seasons finished at the end of May. So if it sits nicely for them that as soon as their season's finished, yeah. that they roll into the, to, to the international camp. So some of our players are finished, um, you know, at the end of April is their last game, you know, so um, it's, it, it's tricky. But um, it's something we just have to deal with, and you know we'll be fine.
1: Um, it strikes me that you're 121 manager at possibly the most unique time in Irish football because things do seem so fluid and transient, I guess, as well between squads and between age grades. Is that you know there are a lot that Stevens obviously made it his goal to refresh the senior squad. That has clearly impacted a little bit on you because you've got players like Adamida and Troy Parrott and Cam Buzunu and yeah. Andrew Bamadeli who could still feasibly be playing twenty ones yeah. and in a couple of cases for another couple of years. Yeah. That is—is is there an ongoing conversation between yourself and Stephen as regards the outlook for each of your squads going forward for a particular campaign, or is it a window by window, case by case basis, player by player basis, almost? It's it's a window by
0: window discussion that we have, and you know with June coming up, you know, has got four games in ten days, so he's gonna need a you know, um, a big squad to to compete because again, Steven's in the same boat as us with some of his League One players that, you know, the season may finish early yeah. um, for them, you know, so there's a little bit of that with Stephen as well that he, he'll need to keep his eye on, on players with regard to programme before they come into camp. But look, I, I understand Stephen needs his his players, I think you know, there's about seven or possibly eight under twenty ones players that are are involved with the senior team, which is is remarkable, and I, I think it's great. I think it, it it was a brave decision by Stephen and the staff to do that, and they've done it. And for me, at the minute, it's been um, it's been fantastic. I think they've you know they played uh, fantastically well in in a lot of the games, and and for me, it's proud where you see the likes of Jason Knight, and Darrow Shea and, and players like that that are um, that have been with us in the twenty ones, the last campaign, and 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 you know st- playing on the on the, the senior stage with with such uh, finesse and, and confidence, it's great. Yeah,
1: you've got like as I mentioned, fluidity is is, is one thing because you're almost being pulled in, in two directions because you've got obviously players who could leave at any point if performances are good enough and take that step up to the senior side but in other cases you've got players who are not necessarily of under 21 age grades but could be performing to such a degree that you have to call them up from some of the other underage squads that are. And Evan Ferguson would be the kind of case in point there where he's 17 years of age he's in the Brighton First team on a consistent basis now he's a, he's a almost perennial substitute for, for Graham Potter now but clearly is at a level whereby he's beyond a 17 year old yeah. uh, physically and I think probably in terms of ability as well you'd probably be able to give us more of an insight in that but it's You've a lot of irons in the fire to try and manage, essentially. Yeah, and and look, that's you know with deep discussions
0: with whether it's Tom Owen, um, Collier O'Brien, Stephen Kenny, myself, and you know all the the international managers. Like we'd we'd meet up quite regularly and and discuss about the high potential players that are, um, that are on board and and you know with regards to Evan Ferguson. Yeah, you know with the reports coming back from Brighton is he, he's training exceptionally well. We've seen his games with the 23s, and he's a high potential player. There's no doubt about it. He's come in with us, he's he's played with the 21s. Um, and, you know, he, he missed out with the 19s um, in their qualifying campaign, but, you know, they they still qualified to get into the elites, the 19s. So it just shows that there's, there's strength and depth there, too, with the 19s. You know, you've got the likes of Johnny Kenny, Sinclair Armstrong. You know that performed exceptionally well for for Tom, but um, you know with us, it's Evan Ferguson comes in. We had um, uh, young Andy Moran was in with us, and we also had Ollie O'Neill who scored that fantastic goal in in Tala Stadium against Sweden um, a couple of games ago. So there is a lot of talented uh, players, but it's it's for me I sort of say that they're they're high potentials at the minute because they've. You know, they've a long way to go on their their journey. Course, you know, yeah. and, and look, us at the 21s, we, we just look forward to them coming in and helping them uh, with regards to, to learning the game and giving them those experiences that they can go and kick on.
1: I'm interested in that label, High Potential. Is that is, is there an actual official, I'm not asking for who's in what camp, but is there an official grading, essentially, of, of players that you'd have at your disposal? Or No,
0: I, ju- I just think a, it's a, you know, it's a it's an individual thing you know with regards to the under 21 staff we go through everybody and we'd say okay yeah this player you know um, we can help him with the 21s bring him in and train with the 21s but also you're relying on the clubs to to work with the player in the case of Evan Ferguson you see him training with Brighton's force team, mm. you know, he's getting great experience with that. Um, he's you know, he's made his debut this year as well, which is fantastic for job. him, you know. So it's uh, it's you know, we, we go through certain players and and yeah, we tick them off and we say, Okay, we need to keep an eye on this player, but a lot of it's out of our control. There's because, only so much you can do. Yeah, you yeah. know, and that's that's the important thing. It's you know, there could be a lot of players who outgrow the 23s and they need to get out on loan, mm. you know, to a foreseen club. Like you, you see, the likes of Jake O'Brien, who's centre back with Crystal Palace, who's gone to Swindon, and he's he's blossomed into a, a very very good centre half at the minute. And you know, it's, it's another of these
1: guys who seems like he's way older than he actually is in terms of his uh, his, his, his stature. I think is his poise as well on the pitch is one of those things. Mark McGinnis will be another. Yeah, just like fantastic. Yeah, big guys who seem like yeah. they have a head on their shoulders that's beyond yeah. their age grade. Yeah, real talented players.
0: And, and yeah, as big as they are, they're, they're comfortable on the ball okay. as well, which is something that you know, we've been promoting through the, through the age groups as well. You know what I mean? Can we start to play deep in our own half? And these players uh, will have no problem doing that.
1: How much of a bonus is it then to have? Because you mentioned earlier on that you're, we're going to have domestic-based players continuing on to play right up until the games in June. But we do have that core of domestic-based players who were essentially playing male senior male football at a younger age than they would be if they were based over in England. So you've got like the likes of Andy Lyons, you've got the likes, you know, in the press of of Danny Mandrew, you've got others who are still based in the league. Um, Ross Tierney obviously has gone to Motherwell, and Dawson still, Dawson DeVoy voice still at Bowles. but they're playing. Of an age grade above what they would be if they were based over in England is that a positive or a negative? That's oh, a huge
0: it? positive. You know, I've always said it. I'd said you know they're playing men's football where three points are, are vital. They're playing in front of you know hostile crowds, yeah. and and I, I do really enjoy going there and watching the lads perform, such as Andy Lyons, who's played left wing back this year. He's played right wing back with Shamrock Rovers, who are you know everybody knows a bit. A really good fan base and t- to be playing under that type of scrutiny and pressure is only going to help his development, you know, and playing in big games, you know, you, th- there's no substitute for it where three points contracts are are, um, are, are at stake too. And, and it's something you look at, as I mentioned before, with, with Jake O'Brien and possibly Leo Connor who are who are playing high pressure games in order to get to the playoff places. You look at Connor Coventry, um who's playing week in week out in really big games um to 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 get promoted to the championship with with MK Dons and th- the amount of pressure that's on the players there it's it's all part of the journey and it certainly will help their development. As to Mark McGuinness and Joel Pagan, where they were in sort of a little bit of a relegation scrap there for a while, and, and, you know, they've come out of that, and they'll learn from those experiences.
1: the ball's the best, number one. It's the GOAT of sports apps. Talk about the greatest of all time. Big Joe's the greatest of all time. He's the GOAT. We know it. (laughs) I'm going to say I'm the Djokovic of this scenario. (laughs) I love it, love it. Download the OTB sports app now. Have you been surprised at the scrutiny that's on you in the job not necessarily you as a person your performance but the role of under 21 manager as I mentioned later on it's kind of developed more down through the years and, and and I guess Stephen brought a lot of that attention really when he was installed as 21's manager as, as almost a placeholder before, before Mick moved on and you worked with him there and you would have seen the I guess the increase in interest on the 21s that there has been has that taken you by surprise a little bit With that people are going why is this player in the squad why isn't this player in the squad that never happened yeah, before yeah. With, with under 8 football yeah.
0: and you could probably say that Stephen did bring that real level of interest with um, the 21s when he came in and, and you know I thought he was fantastic as a head coach and to work with him you know I, I learned so much um, being in his shadow being part of his team and yeah look I understand the uh, and um, you know all the scrutiny that comes with it, and I do understand that all the questions are nearly aimed at the players who are left out of the squad, as opposed to <laughs> the players who are in the squad. And and you know, it's something that I'm always prepared for, and we don't leave players out. You know, willy nilly. You know, we go through all the the what ifs. You know, with regards when we're picking the squad. You know, so you know, it's it's you know the the. The part of the job that I probably dislike most is when you're making those phone calls where players who've been loyal every time you've called them up have sure. come up and and, and played and, and they trained well to say, look, you're not in a particular squad. But that's part and parcel of the job and yet you have to take that sort of sentiment out of, of certain decisions when you're picking the squads, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and the bigger picture is is picking a squad that can go and, and perform well and win. Um, when it comes to
1: the, the the group stages, of course, yeah. Uh, like on that as well, you've got different issues. You've got you know players who are nineteen, twenty, twenty one. You've got agents or agencies and there's looking after them and there's different interests. And I guess one of the one of the cases that popped up last year, the year before, was with me Debecco at at West Ham, and there was a lot of the like, people were kind of questioning, what, like what's this guy thinking? He did, like he's he's not been involved in, in the twenty ones, and you know who does he think he is? And there are people who aren't like. I would, I couldn't have been trusted at nineteen, twenty to make a decent adult decision, yeah. and yet we're expecting footballers to, I guess, commit ten, fifteen, twenty years of their lives to one particular avenue, and heading yeah. down one particular route, and that's a lot to ask of a young man or a young person. That you know this is the way it's going to be, and that's the way it's going to be for twenty years. Yeah, you, you can't go back on that. Yeah, that that's that's huge, isn't
0: it? It is huge, and and look, the case with Meepo was that you know there was a lot going on with Meepo at the time he was you know he was with the force team he was on the bench he, you know he came on an FA Cup game against Manchester United and there was a lot happening and I think Meepo wanted to have that narrow focus on getting into West Ham's first team and he didn't want any um, distractions whether it's um, international football or otherwise so we had a discussion and, and you know, we, we spoke a few times, and we brought him in in the last window. And, and in fairness to him, he, he came in and gave an unbelievable shift yeah. as our striker. And you know, I sat with him after the game, and we, and we had a chat. And he just, you know, he says that he's been taken up wrong via social media and what have you. And he loves putting on the green jersey. And, and, and you know, that's one thing that we we make sure that every player that comes in enjoys the experience of playing with Ireland enjoys the camp enjoys training and, and he certainly endorsed that at the end of the game which, which look at times it can be easy because you win the game and, and what have you but he, he seemed genuine about it and we're delighted to have him on board and it's another striker that's there with the likes of
1: Evan Ferguson. got too many um,
0: oh, <laughs> <laughs> loads of Loads of options up like there. You've got
1: Armstrong yeah. Okaflex as well, who's obviously a teammate, you know, mostly of, of Meepo's at West Ham. Yeah, like he's, yeah. he's been knocking on the door. And, and well. JJ Coyote, who's in the yeah. middle of, uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, he's played in Wembley already, JJ, which is remarkable mm. for a lad um, uh, from Dublin, you know. Have you had to deal with the, like, have those conversations in terms of players who do have, say, dual nationality or who do have other options in the international sphere? How much of those conversations? tend to be convincing or do you just want to listen to what they have to say and then put forward your point as a counterpoint or how do those kind of conversations no, go? D- d- I haven't
0: had any of those conversations no. about um, will I or won't I um, play with um, the Republic of Ireland? Absolutely none. And, you know, that's refreshing that, you know, at the end of the day, they, they want to put themselves forward to, to play for the Republic of Ireland. So I've never
1: had one of those conversations
0: yet where I had to convince anybody.
1: Because the thought is that, that like, like Mepo is the one, and you say he he was misrepresented essentially on social media by thinking that you know he's got options to play for possibly Nigeria, maybe even because of the citizenship though to play for England as well. But and that's something that we've been we've been burnt by before. Let's say as as, as football fans here. But you say it hasn't come up with any of any of your squad at all. No, right? no? absolutely not. You know, so uh, you know, look, it, it might. Come down the line at
0: some stage, and again, as I said, I'll be prepared for it. But you know, up to now, there's been no issues at all with players that they're more than happy when we have that initial phone call with them to to put on that green jersey.
1: Do you get a buzz seeing like one of your squad or somebody that you've called up recently, like making a breakthrough into a, like a first team? Like the one that jumps to mind recently is like Connor Noss, who's like you hate to say an unusual case, but it's not often you see somebody with a sharp assess in their name playing you know Bundesliga football for Borussia <laughs> Munchie Gladbach, yeah. who qualifies for Ireland. Yeah, but there we are like that's the 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 one case in point that's jumping to mind at the moment do you get a little bit of a charge when you see yeah. a player like that making a breakthrough
0: yeah I spoke to Conor Noss and look unfortunately we left Conor Noss out of the, the last squad because of his inactivity football wise sure. you know and and we, we talk about our principles and our identity being you know high intensity whether you're pressing uh, the opposition or whether you're you've got the ball uh, in possession you know you're looking for that sort of um, okay. High intensity you know, football and in actions, and and you know you can't do that if you're if you're idle every week and, and he's on the the bench for Borussia Mönchengladbach and he made his um an appearance there a couple of weeks ago. True. And and by all accounts, you know, before the end of their season, I think Connor might make a few more. um according to our last conversation that we had, so I I hope he does. That will put him back in the frame to come in because there's one thing about Connor and I've you know I've said it to numerous people, he is a talented player mm. but he needs to be playing games.
1: Are those conversations more implied then? In that you don't necessarily overtly say, you need to be playing more games, you need to be playing more senior football. It's just kind of a known thing among your panel, your group of players, your wider group of players, that it's beneficial to you as a footballer to be playing senior football if you want to actually feature for the twenty ones. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's it's you know it, I won't go behind the door and, and it's you know it's something that we do say like you know um, can you get out on loan and play first team football but you also have to remember it has to be the right of type of loan because the last thing you want is you know if you've got a, a technician of a player going to league two playing playing direct football uh, it's something that you don't want and all of a sudden the manager leaves him out of the team and and, and it's it's something um, well they discuss that with you if
1: it's, if it's a potential like has there been a player who's you know there's a loan on the bubble and you say you know I could be going to X club and you know that that necessarily wouldn't suit them would you not direct them but would you certainly have a conversation whereby um, it's said, only happened a think co- about it
0: yeah it's only happened a couple of times but the clubs in question would have been you know uh, proper football and teams that would suit the players so mm. no there hasn't been a case of somebody saying to me i um, um yeah, somebody from League Two who predominantly play um, oh. yeah, uh, direct football, that, you know, what do you think it is? Will this move suit me, you know? But um, but I have had phone calls from certain clubs um, um, about asking questions about certain players, you know, and Conor Noss being one of them. And, you know, all I can say is what I see when Conor Noss comes into the camp that. You know, he's a, he's a talented footballer, sure. he, he really is. And he, he just needs more competitive minutes, you know, and you can't argue with facts, that's for sure. And, and you know, when when I go in and have the conversations with Connor, I'll be able to tell him how many minutes he's played um, with Brush and Munch and Gladbach too, mm. which is their reserve team. And it, it hasn't been that many because he's caught between that rock and that hard place where... The first team want him on the bench. They don't want him to to go and play games in case he gets injured because right. they need him as part of their squad. You know, but look, I think Connor he's a fantastic person. He's a he's a fantastic footballer, and um, again, he'd be somebody that I've I've got a high hopes for sure
1: um what about yourself like no job is a job for life uh like we could all get that phone call in the morning saying listen things aren't working out we're going to decide and go in a different direction i'm not saying that's going to happen to you cuz yeah. clearly things are going okay but have you got personal ambitions beyond the 21s is like managing the senior side the senior side or a senior side in 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 a league somewhere is that something you would be looking at down the line no look uh, you know i'm not going to be um <laughs> You know and um, for me
0: I think the most important thing for me is the space that I'm in now sure. to become the best possible coach that I can and as I said before we review everything I review everything that I I speak to the players about and you know I don't be looking as boring as it sounds and um, you know that far ahead you know I, I love the job I love the staff I love working with the players I love you know interacting with with you know coaches in the UK and um, you know, I've gone on. I've been doing a masters at the minute, masters in coaching. You okay. know, which again just underlines the passion that I have for coaching. I just want to dig a little bit deeper into it, and um, and and it's you know it's something that I certainly have a passion about. And you know, to 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 have this job, I'm, I'm more than happy. But right now, it's become the best possible coach that that Jim Crawford can.
1: It seems a very um, hospitable, very um, I guess. Collaborative environment, the underage system, and even stretching into the senior system at the moment, it seems very linear in the best possible way from the under 15s all the way up to, to seniors and yourself in between there. There seems to be a decent environment around Irish football in terms of coaching at the moment. Yeah, certainly, you know, from, you know, Jason
0: who Paul Azam, Colin O'Brien, Tom Moe, myself, Stephen Kenny, and, you know, Keith Andrews is to be part of our meetings as well. You know, we, we do have regular meetings. We go through um, uh, previous games that we had, you know, tactical s- situations that we came up against and what we did to to combat that. So th- there's loads going on behind the scenes that people don't uh, see. But certainly with regards to principles, we're all on the same page and um, trying to get, you know, uh, you know our players to be comfortable on the ball mm. can we can we express ourselves on the football and and you know above all can we go and, and press teams in 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 the right manner that suits our, our Irish dna that that we've been known for for years you know working
1: hard and working smart has there been like a much of an, a, a difference when say Rude doctor left his position or announced he was leaving his position like in terms of high performance is there a need for a top down approach or is that something that's slightly more Organic at the moment. I think that there, there does need to be a little bit of leadership, you know, um, with regards
0: um, to underage coaches. You know, and um, you know, I think that, you know, with with Rude there, you can bounce things off Rude Doctor, and and I think that that's probably missing at the minute. And you know, I, I you know, it's, again, I, again, I've no qualms in saying it that, you know, the sooner we can get in. A football director you know the better you know because have they
1: sought your input on that or, or yeah no no I, th- I think there's
0: there's people who are um you know fairly well qualified to make that decision you mm. know and, and i'm looking forward to the to the new uh, person who gets the, the position to work with them and and to learn from them and and um you know and, and and again i'll be excited to show them what what we do with the with the 21s and i'm sure all the other Coach as well would say this this very same thing.
1: Is there any alteration to that role that Rude held that would you recommend essentially, or does the same position just need to be filled once more by the right person?
0: I think it's going to be, you know, a similar enough position, but a little bit more broad in terms of, you know, connecting, um, you know, grassroots to um, the international side of things. You know, I'm not too. up to date with it now but as I said before the the sooner it happens you know the better and that's that's just my perspective on it
1: yeah tickets are going on sale now of course we we'll should mention for the two home games in June uh, looking to get full houses in, in Talla and, and have the place rocking for those two games yeah
0: I'd, look we'd, we'd love to get um, the place packed too you know because they're you know as everybody knows they're they're huge games for us, yeah. they really are, you know, and to be the first under 20 moons team to qualify for the European Championships, I think it'd be remarkable. I think the players have handled every situation that's been thrown at them, you know, remarkably well and, and you know, a lot of them are used to playing in front of big crowds now, sure. whether it's Derby County, Cardiff, Tramere, Swindon, Shamrock Rovers. Bohemians, you know, it's they're all used to playing in in front of crowds. So we want to generate a similar atmosphere to what they're used to. But as well as that, you know, with with typical Irish crowds, they, you know, they have a tendency to get you over the line when we need yeah. the most. And and these two games that are coming up against Bosnia and Montenegro, they won't be easy. They certainly won't be easy. They're two really good teams. And Montenegro, you know, for example, drew one all with Italy in the last window after going one 0 up and. You know, I've looked back at the game, and they were well worth their their points. And you know, they only got beat from Italy before one nil. So you know, that, that'll be a real challenge. And that to come second uh, on the bank holiday Monday after what's going to be a tough game against Bosnia, you know, adds to the to the um, uh, the whole situation. You know, but but look, Bosnia, they've had a couple of players the last window who went up and played with the senior team as as did Montenegro had three players that went up and and played against Greece so you know it's going to be a difficult challenge so that's why we need you know supporters because you know this year we've we've introduced uh, the international window for the um, to domestic league so you know there would be fans that would be probably idle that weekend yeah. so we'd love to see them in, in Tallis Stadium and get behind the players
1: yeah fingers crossed for, for June it's going to be a massive month for the 21s and to as you say get over the line and be that first 21s team from Ireland to qualify for Euros would be absolutely fantastic Jim I could talk to you about so much more this evening but uh, there are other things to get to unfortunately thank you so much for your time so far anyway no, once again thank you for having me Jim thanks thank you. so much thank you
0: football on off the ball with Sky watch Premier League Women's Super League EFL Scottish Premiership and much more live on Sky Sports